Today, I'm talking to Ajumatna and literature artist Wanella McKenzie from her home in Port Augusta. Wanella creates artworks in a range of media, including painting, sculpture and weaving, and is constantly exploring different materials and ways to express and explore her culture, identity and sense of belonging. Wanella is the recipient of the 2020 Country Arts SA Breaking Ground Award. And today we chat about this opportunity and the role family and community play in Wanella's work. Thanks so much, Wanella, for having a chat with me today. I'm speaking to you from Adelaide on Ghana country and you're actually a few hours north of here and you're based in Port Augusta. Have you always lived in Port Augusta? Yeah, so thanks for having a yarn with me today. Yeah, I was actually born in Port Augusta, which is Bungala Nukunu country in this region. So I'd like to acknowledge them and give thanks um, to their elders past and present. Um, so, yeah, I was born in Port Augusta in 1990, lived around in this region, um, also just out of Hawker, a place called Yapala on the family homelands. So, yeah, local, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> and your career as an artist started very, very young. Can you tell me when and how did you start making art? Well. According to mum, I've always been getting into her paint supplies and it's been really since I was a little girl. When I was younger, I used to cut through the sand dunes near my primary school to go paint with one of my aunties so the Aboriginal education workers knew where to find me. They would track me through the sand dunes. (laughs) (laughs) at the same house all the time or the same gum tree so um yeah I've always been interested in art from a little girl and you know it was a way for my mum and other elders to pass on the dreaming stories of our people and knowledge around that so I've always been intrigued with culture and the art so yeah Mm and had a strong family influence by the sounds of it. Definitely. I think um, everyone in the family is an artist, you know, and has got a story to tell. So I've always been surrounded with that and watching that growing up and just in complete awe of my mum and elders and even, you know, my husband is an artist as well, Michael, and our children. Mm -hmm. So we all, you know, paint and create together. And sometimes there's, you know, the bickering over that favourite paintbrush that everybody wants to use at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing as a family to share in in that space. And, you know, the yarns that happen over the top of the painting, the conversations that happen over the top and and the exchange of knowledge between everyone, you know, young to old and then the the young asking the questions as well, I think, is one of my favourite parts. It's not just the image or the piece that's created. It's what happens over the top of that piece while it's being created as well that, for me, is a really interesting part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 
you mentioned that you'd collaborated, you know, with your daughters and that your mother is a big influence on your work and that you've made work with your mother and your daughters. And I wondered what that might look like with, um, you know, you're, you've got a seven, four and five-year-old, is that right? Yes, seven, five and four, all girls. So really, really blessed with them and they're amazing, Nala, Nayan and, and Indica. They all have Indigenous names from, you know, their father's tribe, the Gumbanga, and also from, from my grandmother's tribe, the Luruja. So, you know, myself, mum and the girls are currently working on a piece called Walking Our Country. And I think um, it's just a beautiful way of showing that walking that journey together throughout you know, our homelands, but also with the the exchange of knowledge, the way that she taught me from a little girl to the way that I teach my daughters. So, you know, good fun capturing that. The kids, they just love, they painted mum's face <laughs> <laughs> while we was painting the canvas. So, yeah, I'd be excited to to share that piece with the audience as well and the story behind that. Yeah, yeah. And with this new body of work, you're researching your grandfather who was a senior lawman on Adyamutna country. Can you tell us what do you know about your grandfather? So my uh, grandfather, Malcolm McKenzie Senior, he is a Kwiani man, so... The Adyamatnas made up of a bunch of different tribes who came together to form the Adyamatna when the non-Indigenous people came to our country and it was a way of protecting our people and ensuring that we would survive. So my grandfather Malcolm in the 60s, he started doing recordings of language, of stories, of things that he knew Unfortunately, my grandfather died in 1970s. And so I never got to meet him because I was born in the 90s, 1990. And so these recordings that he's left behind, I've been able to, or lucky enough, to have copies of. Mm. And so I've been listening to those recordings. And it's a really beautiful thing because for me, I feel like I'm sitting down with my grandfather and I'm listening to him speak and I'm getting to know him and, you know, a lot of emotions come up because I recall my grandmother speaking about him and then, you know, there's my mum, aunties and uncles who speak about him as well. So to hear his voice and also the language spoken because I'm not fluent in the language, which for me is a sad thing. But, you know, through these recordings, I'm learning as I'm going as well. I'm learning the pronunciation and and getting to know that side of my identity on a deeper level. And so I feel really honoured, incredibly honoured and inspired by my grandfather. He's a great man. So I hope, you know, with this journey, with Breaking Ground and, and creating the mixed media pieces, that he's proud, yeah, of the story that's told and shared of our country. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible opportunity to be able to hear 
the voice of a family member that you that you never got to meet that just sounds so special um how incredible and you mentioned that you're the recipient well you mentioned breaking ground and and you're the recipient of the country arts sa breaking ground award this year congratulations and that's an opportunity for visual artists residing in regional south australia to develop their skills and broaden their professional experience and as the winner, you will develop a body of work for a solo exhibition to be held in the Light Square Gallery in Adelaide as part of next year's Sala Festival, um, along with the support of a mentor to assist in, in that process and in reaching those goals. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you hope to make as part of that opportunity and how you hope to develop your work as part of the Breaking Ground opportunity? Yeah, I'm just so grateful to Country Arts and Sala for the breaking ground. This will be my first ever solo exhibition. I've never done that before. And so for me, it truly is new ground to cover. (laughs) Um, And I'm excited to work with Jessica Clark, who is an amazing Palawal woman now residing in Melbourne. And so um, the mentoring is a little bit different for us. We're doing a lot of virtual over the phone just due to restrictions. But the conversations that we're having is just really amazing and I I just can't wait to, to go through the rest of this journey with her guidance as well, especially around art history and how, you know, to further engage with the audience and in telling those stories that we want to tell, that I want to tell. And so the kind of pieces that I'm creating really centralise around culture, identity, songlines of the land and of the people of that land. And so I've been yarning a lot with my elders, I've been listening to the recordings of my grandfather taking trips on country you know to special places and observing what's there and what I feel yeah so with the pieces that I'm creating it's mixed media pieces I don't really like to put myself in a sort of category of what I do create because I like to try different things and I won't limit myself and so I'm really excited to explore that side of um, my artist journey as well in um, you know the Imi feather weaves that I make there's a piece that I cut from a creek that I used to go and have picnics with as a little girl and that we still go and pick bush medicine from now with my children. So I've cut a piece of Kulaman from an old Red River gum tree that I used to lay under. And, you know, I'm exploring and researching the ancient history of my people. I feel really inspired by the numerous etchings and cave paintings in Adjimatna country and the symbolisation that we can still read. We're lucky enough to still be able to understand what those symbols mean. And so as I'm going along creating and researching for this exhibition, I'm taking my children with me as well. And I've noticed that, like my other, my cousin's kids and grandkids 
uh, coming around to our home and asking, can they learn as well? And so um, it's an amazing feeling that, you know, these young followers, their little ears are pricked up and they're wanting to know as well, what are you up to? What are you doing? What are the things that you're listening to? And being able to share that with them as well, I feel like this breaking ground journey is not just one of my own, but it's of that of my family. And it's always been family orientated with the art and with the culture. That's the way cultural, you know, continuation goes in in, um, in our tribe and with our mob. And so, I feel like we're all on this journey together. And yeah, I'm just so incredibly excited, <laughs> yeah, for the end result. Yeah, we all are excited. <laughs> it sounds incredible that uh, the amount of community that you're engaging with um, with the project, even right at the beginning, you've really only just started on this journey, even though you've obviously been making work for your entire life. You, you mentioned it a minute ago. You started to talk about the, the beautiful river gum that you had taken a piece from. And it, it got me wondering, what is Abjumatna country like? What does it look like? And um, what's the land like? Our country has all beautiful shades of, you know, orange and gold oxide. And it's just magical really <laughs> it changes throughout the seasons and um also throughout the times of the days you know like you'll be looking at this beautiful red hues and greens of the vimba which is pine in english and then you know in the evening that same mountain is now a gorgeous shade of purple and blue i think Ajumatna country you know, it's an old country. It's been through a lot of changes, a lot of changes that Euros have seen. It used to be tropical. It used to be lots of water. And then we remember when the first gum trees came and we have names for megafaunas and our people have lived through ice ages and they've seen the seas rise. They've seen the waters in the salt lake before there was the salt lake to what they are now. So our country throughout the ages has changed numerous times and we've been there and seen that. And I think for us to have such a strong connection to that yatta, to that country, is why we're just so incredibly attached and in love with our homelands. Um, I feel like with these stories that I'm wanting to tell, it will give people who may not know the Flinders Ranges or may not have been there before a chance to also be able to connect deeper with that country and have that connection as well um, and know what those mountains are to the Adjumatna people. So, yeah. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? And that, that the language is evidence of the amount of time that your people have known the country and all the changes that have happened to the land over many, many years. You talk a little bit about the spirit of your homelands and you've got a name for it. Can you tell me a little bit about the spirit and, and how you're developing that in the new body of work? 
Yeah, so mora, um, spirit is wangapi. Mora is more um, holistically. So I guess loosely translated would be dreaming. We don't believe it's dreaming, though. We believe it's the history of the land. And so it's everything. It's the core of our culture, of our being, our identity, who we are, how we connect, kinship. So Muda is is everything. It's the central point of our culture, of who we are as, as a people in our yatta. So I'm hoping to capture a glimpse of that in the art and as people travel around the exhibition or walk around it they will go on a journey through our homelands and can read along with the stories so it's more with the exhibition we're wanting to focus on I'm wanting to focus on not just the visualization of those stories but also a written piece that goes along with it so that people can understand what you know what each piece is and then be able to associate that piece of the puzzle that piece of artwork to the the wider puzzle of the Flinders Rangers and so for me I feel like you know going along creating along the way um, the storylines of the Flinders Rangers, which are still alive and well in our country, the knowledge that we pass along of those storylines. I'm wanting to capture that for this exhibition so people can know those stories and respect those stories in, in that country as well. You know, we've been, for five years, we fought a waste dump and it was, it was really hard to to get that point across of what that country was and what it meant to us as the people. And I feel like through art, visualize because I'm a very visual person, <laughs> I feel like that helps to explain that as well. And, you know, I'll be touching on the fight that we had for country with the waste dump as well and what that meant and and how that stopped cultural continuation and we lost you know a couple of um very key knowledge holding elders during that fight and basically it's like ripping pages out of a book pages that you can't get back that are lost now so it was very disruptive to cultural continuation for our people. Mm. And you and, and your mother were instrumental in that fight against the nuclear waste dump, weren't you? I feel like there was a lot of Ajimatna people that was a part of that, as well as a lot of non-Indigenous people and, and people from other tribal groups as well. Mum and I, you know, had a lot to do with that. And I feel like mum really stepped up to the plate and was a leader in helping our people, you know, to to not have the waste dump in a sacred woman site in Adimatna country. And, you know, even when they announced that they was not going to go ahead with it in our country, we never celebrated. It wasn't a win. It wasn't a win for us because 
we knew that it would go to somebody else. We knew that that burden would just be passed on. Mm. The fight wasn't really over. It was just being passed to another tribe and that tribe's now, you know, the bungalow with Kimber. And so we can really sympathise and understand the agony um, that comes along with that. And we really wish them well in the journey that they have ahead of them because we know what it's like. And I feel like, you know, taking my children to rallies and teaching my children about the importance of country and why you need to protect it and the fact that, you know, why those storylines and things like that are so important in today, in modern times, is because even though our culture is something that's been here since time began, in order to maintain that, we need to protect it and we need to teach that to the future, to the future generations, to the kids. So they carry that on. We need to learn to live in harmony with the land. That's how our people have been here for so long. Is if you look after the land, the land will look after you. Mm. And I feel like, you know, my kids... Seeing all of that, it helped them to understand, you know, they were sitting down with their Barbies playing a game about protecting country and Barbie was fighting for culture rights, for land rights. And I just thought that's really beautiful impact that that's had on these girls. You know, they've seen that and they understand it. And they'll come with their little, you know, their little paintings like I used to to my mum. And so as a mother, I feel like, that's a big win. <laughs> That's a big win. And I'm excited to see them grow and develop further in that as well. Yeah. That is gorgeous. <laughs> Obviously impacted their understanding of the issue and, um, you know, helping to shape them as they grow into become, you know, elders of the future and protecting the land. Have you found that this has had a big impact on your art making? You mentioned that during the battle against the nuclear waste dump that their, you know, cultural continuation was halted and did you find that that influenced your ability to make art and, and the community's ability to come together to focus on other things or, or was it more of an impetus to continue making I felt like it gave me a greater appreciation of what we have, you know, and to focus on what you do have um, and keeping that holy. And so, yeah, for me, it, it was really a wake-up call as well. And especially when we started losing people, it was a wake-up call and that um, you've got to protect what you have and maintain that, you know, because once it's gone, it's gone kind of thing. And so, yeah, it just made me even more protective of our culture and passing that on. I feel like for me as an artist, the feeling, the emotion that I put into each piece, I felt like there was a lot of growth in that time, in that five years. There was a lot of anger. There still is a lot of anger, there's a lot of hurt. But I feel like now, you know, the dust is settling for our people and we're getting back to it. 
we're getting back to it now. And, you know, it'll never be like it was before. There's a lot of once you fracture something, it's always fractured. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of those fractures from that waste dump and what it did to our family. But I feel like moving forward, um, the dust is settling and we're getting back to it. Mm. I'm not going to cry on this recording. <laughs> <laughs> you recently established an Aboriginal women's arts and culture group. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so... When I did that, I was living on the East Coast, which I've moved back to South Australia in January. Um, And so before we moved back, I was living on the East Coast and I was a part of the Parents Next group on unemployment. And so one of the things I noticed was that there wasn't culturally appropriate programs for Indigenous mothers. Um, It was more so going into playgroups and things like that, things that really didn't provide a pathway forward. It was just something to tick off a box. And so um, I read through the policies around the Parents Next program and what it was supposed to offer its participants. And I could see that there was so much more that we could have been doing. And so I arranged with my job provider at the time a woman's group, there was no funding. So I said, okay, well, I know you get funding for me. So there's a start. Um, And so we bought all of these art supplies and it just invited women to come and sit down and yarn and spoke to the local TAFE and the local land council to see, you know, what kind of pathways can we set up for these women, support can we give them with studying and also with maintaining culture and then passing that on to their babies in a, you know, safe and culturally appropriate way. And so we did this woman's group and it was amazing. (laughs) The kids came and we had all the kidna quills and all these different things, you know, and different seeds and paint sets that we handed out and you know I I got my my full-time job and started my apprenticeship and so I had to leave that in the hands of the ladies but going back for um, a holiday in a few months time this is my my husband's from the east coast mid-north coast of New South Wales and so we've set up that we'll go um, on cultural trips and in cutting you know coolamans with the women and the kids and so I'm excited to do that because that's my husband's country it's not mine and I am uh, very conscious and respectful of other people's homelands with that there'll be you know a few of the elder women that will be attending as well in um, going to cut the coolamans and you know and making making those objects with those ladies so yeah, it's really nice thing to be a part of and I miss those ladies so much. But again, it was, you know, it's nice to to be able to come home to South Australia in January and start my my journey with um because I work full time now I'm doing an apprenticeship and so that has been amazing um in my self-growth and especially like with COVID hitting recently, um, I started this this weave 
because weaving helps to calm me, like weaving the emu feathers. And at the start of COVID, I started this weave and it's about 1.2 metres wide and it represents the sun and it has these kwandong seeds on it and with each seed i just thought of the opportunity of growth of you know a way forward of a way to be better and do better and a lot of self-reflection and it represents the sun you know the sun i'm hoping it shines on a new day that light at, at the end of the tunnel and you know the kind of work that I do I speak with hundreds of different people all over the country going through all these different things and so this piece that I was working it took me 110 hours wow and that's yeah that's what it's about and so yeah I feel like whatever you're going through as well at the time of creating the piece somehow helps to shape and develop that piece further and you know I had um, an art date yesterday with one of my favorite artists Barb Walker and she was talking about flowers because she she paints the most beautiful flowers Um, and I really admire her and she's been one of the people that I've been speaking with um, you know uh, creating these pieces for breaking ground she's been really influential in one of the pieces um, that includes flowers and just the yarns that we was having over the top you know like we're there rubbing the bush medicine on our skin and (laughs) smelling flowers and you know the kids walked in and they seen us with this big giant canvas and we've got all of this bush medicine scattered all over the top of it and they're like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you know just having that yarn with her and, and and speaking about her journey with her identity you know she's 68 years old and and um you know she was talking about how her great-great-grandmother had Indigenous um, heritage um, and she's finding out more about that and how that influences her now. Mm. And just really interesting, you know, the kinds of things that you talk about and the things that help to shape the artwork. Um, And we're collaborating on a piece at the moment. And so that feeling and that emotion then went into the canvas you know we got our hands dirty and was feeling the canvas and and yarning at the same time and i'm excited to see how that piece further develops as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the idea of an art date <laughs> oh god i love my art dates i set them <laughs> up with friends or with my family with the kids, though, we, we, you know, we went and collected all these native nuts and stuff so we could make things together. And then someone emptied out a $12 tube of blue paint. And so I was like, hmm, the kids have got their separate box of um, paint at the moment. <laughs> Just because, um, yeah, they get a little bit hectic with it. But, you know, it's always good to encourage them to get involved as well and you know, seeing their little faces light up. And one thing I love about the art dates with the little ones is telling them dreaming stories. 
And I recently had one with Aboriginal way. She's my daughter, Kyan, and um, she's 15 now. Goodness me, she's getting big. Hmm. But I recently had an art date with her and I taught her the Seven Sisters story and taught her how to paint the Akuru, the big serpent. And she sat there all day painting. And I started getting tired, you know, and I said, well, Annie's going to sit down now and have a rest. <laughs> and she sat there all evening and I was looking at this girl and she's getting, you know, she could see she was getting tired. I said, well, baby, you ready then? You're going to go home? And she went home. And then it was the next day I got a message. The painting was finished. And I was so proud. I just cried and cried because I just couldn't believe this little baby that, you know, used to watch us painting and just finished this amazing piece. And I look at her as my other daughter, my big daughter, because mm-hmm. um, she is Indigenous way. Um, and then the next day, I think it was, I got a message. She sold it. Wow. And I was just so proud of her. And I wanted it too. But yeah, you know, like that that next generation of artists. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to be a part of. I think it is. It is, and it's been so lovely listening to you talk about not only how you make work, but how it involves the community and your family and country and all of those elements that you bring to, to the, the finished piece but also the process of making the work. And uh, I'm very excited to see how it all comes together for your exhibition as part of the Breaking Ground um, Country Arts Opportunity in Sala next year, which will be at the, the Light Square Gallery. So um, I, I can't wait to see um, how things develop and... I hope that your uh, continuing um, of the research of your grandfather and and the the trips that you're making as part of that and listening to those incredible recordings, I hope all of that really helps and contributes to creating the exhibition for next year. It sounds like you and your family members um, are very uh, quick and efficient at making at making work. So <laughs> I think um, I mean, we're having the best time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, thanks so much for for chatting with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, and yeah, we look forward to to seeing how the exhibition comes together for August 2021 as part of the Sala Festival and good luck with all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited to see the girls dancing too. Um, That's another one of the things that we're doing is teaching the kids the songs and the dances um, and making those um, arm and head pieces together. And so I'm excited to to see that all come together because it's been awesome um, meeting up, you know, with the little ones and having them dance and paint and, and all of that. Like we're just having the most fun on this journey and it's only just begun. Um, So, you know, it's just, yeah, it's incredible and just enjoying every moment really. Um, So great. Yeah. And plus I, I can't wait for, 
what the audience will get out of it, you know, and what they'll learn um, and information they'll find useful. So next time they visit the Flinders, they'll be able to drive past a location and they'll be like, I know what that is. It's this story. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of... Um, like if they get a copy of the catalogue or whatever, they'll know because they'll get to go and read along and see that. And so I'm excited for that sharing, that mm. sharing aspect because sharing is really important in our culture and I can't wait to share that with others, that knowledge, because we know what our homelands is and we know them stories, but others don't. And so for them to be able to appreciate Yatta and love Yatta, maybe a little bit like we do, because um, we love it a lot, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, really want to promote the Flinders Rangers, its people and its story yeah. in a positive and loving way, yeah.